Finally, he pulled back, giving her a little shake. You're a crazy woman, you know that? You love it. Without me, you'd sit alone in the dark and brood. Oh, you think so? I'd be out having fun. Dancing, parties. Don't I take you to parties? Tonight, you get to hear Thomas Nolan. Who is he? Who? The singer. Tonight's entertainment? Ah, yes, I remember. Liar. Gail smoothed the lapels of his tuxedo. Don't worry, we'll sneak in, mingle for a bit, then leave. Why go at all? Because, sweetheart, how would it look if their new lawyer didn't show up? The president of the board called to make sure I was coming. Rebecca Dixon. You met her in the lobby before the Vorotovsky recital, remember? The brunette with all the diamonds. What does she want? I don't know. We don't socialize, so it must be related to opera business. Gail slid over to the passenger seat and flipped down the visor mirror. Her dark blonde hair fell around her face, a style that was easily prepared. Rebecca Dixon. Anthony tapped a rhythm on the gear shift. She used to be Rebecca Sanders. I met her when I was at the University of Miami. She was dating a friend of mine. Gail put on her lipstick. You know Rebecca Dixon? Why didn't you say so when I introduced you? No, no. Sometimes people don't like to be reminded. Maybe she doesn't remember me. I can't imagine. Gail snapped her purse shut. Well, your former acquaintance and her husband have made a donation to the opera of $250,000. Alabao. Who is he? Or is the money hers? No, it's his. Lloyd Dixon. He owns a cargo airline, I think. A quarter of a million. It certainly puts my poultry 500 bucks into perspective. Raising herself off the seat, she pulled her narrow skirt farther down her thighs. I promise we won't stay long, but I really need to be here tonight. Maybe cultivate some paying clients. Lucky you to be so well established. Ah, but my clients. I usually find them at the jail, not at opera parties. When the ferry stopped at the dock, Anthony slid down his window and told the guard where they were going. On the south side of the island was a clubhouse that used to be a winter home for one of the Vanderbilts. Flowering vines and a marble fountain marked the entrance. Anthony gave the keys to the valet, and they went inside. From the paneled lobby, they could hear a piano, a torrent of notes, and a deep voice singing in Italian. They followed the sound. At the door to the ballroom, Gail whispered, Let's wait till this one is over. Anthony discreetly squeezed her backside. We're not staying late. I have plans for you. She smiled, told him to hush, then eased open the door when applause began. The attendees were mostly middle-aged and up, attired in tuxes, gowns, and fancy cocktail dresses. Most people sat at tables with drinks and small plates of hors d'oeuvres. The lights were low, except for those illuminating the singer and his accompanist. Gail and Anthony edged against the wall and found chairs in the back. There were some opening chords for the next aria. Then Thomas Nolan's vibrant bass baritone filled the room. Nolan was in his mid-thirties, dressed in a black silk jacket and white turtleneck. His thick, blonde hair was pulled back in a ponytail, making the angular structure of his face seem even more so. He had a tall, lean physique. On stage, in makeup and costume, he would be gorgeous. Most of the women, 
and a few of the men seemed on the point of swooning. Oh, mio sospir suave, per sempre, per sempre, io ti perdei. Someone had left a program on the table. Gail picked it up and found the translation. Oh, my gentle breath of life, forever are you lost to me. He was good. No, he was wonderful. Gail was sorry now that they had taken their time getting there. Ah, per sempre io ti perdei, fior d'amore, fior d'amore mi aspera.